testing testing one two one two <laughs> hi everyone this has been a long long time that hiatus was far too long but here we are i've missed being behind the mic i feel like i'm a bit rusty but i'm thankful that my sister friend maria is helping me dust off the mic and bring this two-part episode series as you know if you've been listening to the podcast maria is no stranger to me or the podcast um, but a brief introduction is that she's a gifted writer a detailed researcher a woman of integrity a cherished friend to me and a cheesecake lover <laughs> today we will discuss her new book faithful follower and understand the journey behind the book the reason for the book especially in this present dispensation and before we start let's pray dear god thank you for this day thank you for this recording lord we just ask that you continue to just be with us as you always have been we thank you for your presence upon our lives we thank you i thank you for your presence in maria's life i thank you for the things that you are doing those that you are yet to do and and what you have done father i celebrate this book i celebrate your work and i celebrate the things that are going to be um stirred up and 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 done in people's lives as a result of their encountering you through this book i pray that lord as we discuss this that mm-hmm. lord you continue to just be the center oh god and um for the things that maybe we ought to include holy spirit we ask that you take you take over and you give us remembrance this is all for you all for your glory and all for your honor lord so i pray that this shall be a successful recording it shan't get lost that there shall be no ahala and it shall be well with us in jesus name i pray amen amen how are you since the last time (laughs) you on this podcast what has been going on with your life well i feel like i i lived out of crisis because dustin was blooming through crisis you were blooming through crisis the last time we spoke so how how are you blooming now I feel like I I withered through crisis a bit sometime Mm -hmm. last year. And then now, yeah, I think now blooming again, I think coming back to that whole romance, the the age 28, just like Mm -hmm. all things working good. So I feel like I withered a bit in the middle of crisis and was just like, where is God? What is he doing? And then now slowly just like, okay, okay. So he's still at work and he has a plan even in this specific crisis because I feel like we're always either what's that that quote like we're always either in a crisis going coming out of one or going into one like or into a storm i think the story whatever is storm a storm yeah yeah so here we are here we are but you have you continue to bloom and i i always have such deep admiration for you and the things that you do um so congratulations on the new book faithful follower <laughs> we'll put the, the, the noises of hand claps yes i'm super proud of you i know this has Thank been you. um uh blood sweat um i don't know how like <sighs> tears niagara fall worth of tears and also premium tears not enough sweat like <laughs> the indian ocean of sweat what? like you yes. pulled this through so maybe you can tell me like um the story behind the book and um why did you decide to write it and when? Okay. Um, so it dates back to 2018. Yeah. And I'll just start, and before the book, um, 
I'd just come off of a season of I'd been writing and doing like a few things under just the name the project cross. Mm-hmm. And and then and that's of course just being it was a play on words. I feel like it's forever a play on words with me. But mm-hmm. it was around that time when Project X had come out, like the movie, and it was about you now just um just about Christianity and faith. And mm-hmm. and then I just took a little break and had been in Florida for a conference um called Jesus 18. Mm-hmm. And around then, like when I was at that uh, conference, I really felt like God met me there. And I don't, I don't know, my focus had moved from like the Project Cross. Like I, I knew I was meant to lay that down. But then I just began to be like, okay, God, what's next? And during that conference, and if you know anything about this ministry, their focus is just Jesus. Like mm, it's, it's yeah. always only Jesus. Yes. And so then yes. I just began to, I began to ask myself the question like, man, what would it look like if my whole life focus just was about following Jesus mm. and just plain and simple, the simple gospel, what would it mean to like learn how to walk like him and talk like him? And and so that's how Faithful Follower came about, just even the name. And I remember during one of the sessions, just like sketching out this logo mm. of just like that continuation of, you know, Jesus, who he was in the beginning, who he mm. was on earth, who he is now, who he's going to be. And so that's where the name Faithful Follower itself came from. Mm. And and it goes back to even First John 2, 6, when it says, whoever claims to abide in him mm. must walk as Jesus walked. And so in that same season, I'm like, okay, fine. I figured out the blog and what I'm going to be doing in terms of like my personal ministry. Um, and then around that time, I'd been really wrestling with social media. And I was on this constant cycle of activating and deactivating. And I think you're one of the people who probably I got know. sick of me. <laughs> that was too quick. You answer that's too <laughs> Because I, I was just always, I was always just like, I'd get triggered mm. um, and then I'd deactivate. But then I never took time to process or to figure out what the root issues were. But Social media for me was impacting me so much emotionally and mentally and spiritually. Mm. And so around that time is when I began to see like where the the merge between the two come, like Faithful Follower, the name itself. Mm. But then also this whole part of now social media, because Mm. um, just my understanding that if I'm a follower of Jesus and I'm a follower of the way, like how the Bible talks about how the early followers were called followers of the way. Yes. So... So for me, it was about just what does it mean, not just for following Christ in my offline life, mm. but in my online life as well. So um, the book was just about a play on words, on just the concept of following in terms of social media. Mm. And yeah, that's that's it. And so then now after, so you you then come up with the, the logo and and see what it and what was the what was your journey becoming like a faithful follower then deciding that I'm going to put this in a book format for other people to also see um what it is to be a faithful follower um for me it really started with like for myself like I it was important for me to live it out in my Mm -hmm. personal life 
Yeah. And so what it started with was journals for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, and in journals during my time of prayer or in studying the word, I'll just write down what I was learning about following Jesus, what I was feeling God leading me about my personal following of him mm. and my, my shortcomings in that, my mistakes, my my good moments, my not so good ones. And so as I'd write in my journal, like I'd keep adding the initial like FF in mm. certain sentences yeah um and so maybe i was maybe three years worth of journals that's possibly like 12 journals 12 to 15 of them wow wow, wow. that just had yeah <laughs> scribbled notes um and then over time i began to notice a common thread yeah and so during that time i'd begun just like transferring everything to a word doc like i i believe firmly in writing like by hand first oh yeah and, and oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think we share that in common. Like, I think it yeah. comes out more raw or authentically. Probably can't be proven, yes. otherwise, but I just love pen to paper. Anyway, go ahead. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so did that transfer everything to a word doc? And then I just began paying attention. I'm just like, okay, I'm seeing certain themes pop right. out even more. Mm-hmm. And just times when either, like, you know, we're called to like pray without ceasing and like being prayer at all times right. and commune with God at all times. Mm-hmm. So there'll be times even whether I'm in a waiting room or if I'm on the road, I'd send myself a voice note of just mm-hmm. things related to the book. And then I'll go mm-hmm. back and add it to the word document. Mm-hmm. Um and then also a big part of the process for me is research. So I love reading. <laughs> reading is a big part of my life. Yes. And, and this for this one, I, just, I really felt a fear of God with it. And I really wanted to make sure that what I'm writing, what I'm putting out into the world is sound mm. scripturally. Yeah. Um, but then I also have been so deeply influenced by different writers, theologians, thought leaders and concepts. So I wanted to see like what's out there, like what are, what's the research that's been done into some of this? What are people thinking and saying? And um, and yeah, so that really was a big part of my process. Mm-hmm. And and then the part on stewardship of like, okay, I have all these ideas. Um, I've read what's out there because I think there's this temptation, like even with publishers mm-hmm. in the past, like what's different about your book? Like what are the books that are there in the markets that touch on the same topic and that kind of stuff for for you to prove like why, like what's the, not the competitive advantage per se. Yeah, but, but the unique I advantage. know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like what value proposition are you going to offer to your readers? Mm-hmm. And so for me, like these were a big part and that's the, the research, the writing and everything. But then on the the actual um, writing and stewardship process, I I love coffee shops and I love coffee and I know how you feel about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we so, don't bloom um, when we drink coffee. That's just listen. It, we bloom. <laughs> we, we do not. Tea is where it's at. But okay, we'll allow you uh, to drink coffee. Yes, mm-hmm. and. And so for me, um, the other major part is now the stewardship of, okay, I feel like God's saying these things. And the beauty is, Mm. even if you're looking at um, the call of Moses and how it says that he saw like the bush was burning, but it was not being consumed. And when he turned to it is when he had a voice come out of it. 
And so for me, even with the writing process is anytime I leaned in to pay attention right. and ask, okay, God, what are you saying? I feel like he spoke mm. and gave clarity or confirmation. And every time I was disinterested, <laughs> I or I was busy in a season, I was distracted. Um, I didn't hear as much. So for me, this time in coffee shops was, I would set aside time after church um, yeah. or early mornings before work or in down seasons when I wasn't employed. Um, yeah, it really just was a time to like now, okay, now really be like, okay, God, let's try arrange and reorganize these these themes into chapters. And yeah, and with a lot of your help, <laughs> um, <laughs> it did become chapters. Yeah. Yeah, I remember those um after after church Starbucks Sunday yes. I don't know if I'm saying it the, the, the same after Sunday Starbucks after after church yes. Starbucks something like that but I remember that yeah and for me like being like a, a an observer um and seeing how you were faithful um how did you cultivate now just that faithfulness or that discipline what was um what have been the practices you've imbibed as a writer to practice faithfulness um i think partly it's reading yeah and and people like people would always say this quote and i'll just roll my eyes but i see how true it is yeah just the idea that um good writers are good readers mm-hmm. and i'm i'm saying i'm a good writer but it really was so helpful in me cultivating like that faithfulness or those practices because mm-hmm. I don't know, it made me think more deeply about sentence structure or mm-hmm. how to express different things. Um or or also just like things like how I don't know, how to communicate with different audiences, um, and also building my vocabulary as well. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like the more so that you're reading other people's work, the more that if you pay attention, um, and I think it goes so much to attention, goes back to attention, is mm. um, finding what's my unique writing voice. Like, what do I sound like? Because if you're not careful, you you write like your your heroes, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So for me, it was about like, okay, this person, this ex writer, sounds like this, and this is the this is the language they use. So who am I? Um, so for me, that was part of like the practice of faithfulness. Um, accountability oh. um with you specifically <laughs> yes um yeah accountability and vulnerability where like I'm accountable to you I'm like okay I have this idea I really want to write this book and mm-hmm. every now and again you'll be like hey how's it going and I'm just like why is she asking me she knows I've done nothing <laughs> <laughs> Um, but also vulnerability, the place of being able to be like, here is my work. Um, it, I yeah. know it's not perfect. I, I, my background is not in English or or any of that, so I know it's not perfect work. But here's what I have, and what do you think um, as they go along? So those are a big part of just the discipline. And the last thing I'd say is a fear of God. Mm. Uh, when when Scripture even talks about teach us to number our days. Mm. So to be presented with your heart of wisdom, it's recognizing that our time on this earth is very limited and we are here for a purpose. And there's things that God wants to do on the earth through us. And I really felt like this was one of the big ones for me. And mm. I was just like, okay, that's that fear of, of God even. Because um, if God wants something out in the earth um, for the purposes of his kingdom and the furtherance of that, he'll yeah. use anyone who's available. 
This is true. Yeah. So like, for me, you it know, was Queen Esther and Vashti. Like, you yes. know, Vashti was there and then she decided to be, um, you know, to have pride or to be boastful. And, you know, he was another one. The substitute came. Um, yes. Yeah, so I think those are the humbling things in scripture. Yes. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. So that for me definitely was a big part also of just being like, man, um, I feel like God's given me this incredible privilege to partner with him on such an important topic in our culture now. Yes. Um, And I don't want to miss what God's doing. I don't want to be replaced. Mm. Not because he's like this mean God who's just yeah. waiting to like kick you out or that he's not merciful. Yeah. But I, I just want to miss that window of time. So yeah, it was just ha- having to rearrange even my social life, my everything around completing this book. Project. Yes. Oh, I love yeah. And um, so that was your journey in being faithful to produce faithful follower. Mm-hmm. So, but what does it mean to be a faithful follower? What are the things that we need to do in our own lives to be a faithful follower um, of the way of God like how do we be how how are we faithful followers when we do what yeah um, I think first of all it's it's that invitation that that Jesus gives like if anyone will come after me let him pick up his cross and mm-hmm. follow me that's where we then get like the, the whole concept of following him right yes um and so then scripture goes on to say about when, when Jesus is saying and he said to them Follow me, and I'm reading from the Amplified Classic. Mm. So it says, follow me as my disciples, accepting me as your master and teacher, Mm. and walking the same path of life that I walk, and Mm. I will make you fishers of men. Mm -hmm. And so, and it says that immediately they left their nets and followed him, becoming his disciples, believing and trusting him, and following his example. So that that concept of what it means to be a faithful follower, it's number one, to accept him as a master and teacher um, and walking the path that he has. And it means you've given up your rights, right? Mm -hmm. Like you are dead to yourself. Mm -hmm. And the same way that he died um, and was buried and rose again with new life um, by the spirit is the same way that as followers of Jesus, like that old Maria, that one was left in the grave. And this new one is, is the one who's like now committed to this life of following um, in his example and last learning and de- depending really, like we, I don't think it's possible for us to be faithful followers um, yeah. of Jesus without the Bible. Mm. And so depending on that good book that teaches yeah. us his instructions, it teaches us who he is. He reveals himself as we spend time with him Um mm. And yeah, because if you think about it, you become like the people that you're around, right? Yes, hundred. The most you, you talk like them. Everything else. Um. So that's what I, for my definition of what it means to be a faithful follower. But mm. I, I also get with the disclaimer that faithfulness doesn't mean perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that as followers of Jesus we'll get it right that we won't stumble. Um, but there's a place of confession and and being able to to recognize our sin and our depravity and the mistakes that we make and then the place of repentance as followers of Jesus where there's a turning from mm. um and then the place of accountability within the family of God that we cannot be faithful followers of Jesus by ourselves yes um outside of relationship with other people mm-hmm. 
Yes. Oh, wow. Those are all such good points. And um, in the generation that we are in the year of our Lord, 2023, maybe this will be <laughs> by people in, you know, 2040 or 2050. Um, we yeah. pray for, for posterity. But um, Hallelujah. Yeah, in this generation of Kim Kardashian, Beyonce, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. what... Um, and so many, those MLM influencers, why should people follow the way? Why should people follow God? Um, simply put, just like um, when Jesus introduced himself as I am the way, yeah. the truth, and the life. And, and scripture does go on to say that there's a way that seems right to a man mm-hmm. and appears straight before him. But at the end of the day, um, it's a way that leads to death. Yeah. So... I think our definition of life mm-hmm. tends to be wrong because um, mm. only one way leads to life. So when you think about all these influences, um, the people you've mentioned, the Kardashians, Beyonce, um, come at me behind <laughs> <Brady>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But whenever our definition of, of life is wrong, it, it sets us up for failure. And yeah. the like, he is the only way. And mm. we are here on earth for a purpose. I don't believe any of us was born by accident or was yeah. an afterthought of God. Mm. And so if we're here for a purpose, that purpose is related to kingdom. Yes. And 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 there's something that John McComer, who I really, really love and respect. Oh yeah. Um yes. since yeah. Ah, yes. Great, great. Um is an amazing writer. Mm. Yes. And and he talks about in this book of his called Garden City. Mm-hmm. How as as image bearers that we're created to rule and to partner with God in pushing and pulling the creation project forward. So mm-hmm. that's our purpose on earth to see like the unleashing of human flourishing. So yeah. who we follow is going to either help us move like the, this project and this purpose we have been given by God, mm-hmm. or it's going to hold us back and and become um just a stumbling block to our purpose. Yeah. So following the way um as the priority as G- and with Jesus as the center of it will help us fulfill the earthly um call that we have. Yeah. And it's yeah. So basically who we follow determines how effectively we live out our call to partner with God on the earth. Okay. And someone would ask, can I follow Drake or can I follow Beyonce and still follow Jesus? It's a dangerous what is <laughs> <laughs> you can throw me under the bus. Um I would say no for mm. a reason, um, partly. But then also, I think it's so important that whenever we have, I don't know if you remember this, like when you think about Sunday school or growing up, like you're always told, no, don't watch this or don't do this. Yes. Um, and you never know the why mm. behind it. So when something new comes up, you're just like, well, am I, like you have to keep going back, be like, okay, can I do this? Mm. Um, so without even singling out um, Drake or Beyonce or anyone else, Mm-hmm. is there's a few of these questions like um that are actually in the book in the the chapter for content and yes. consecration and compromise mm-hmm. but basically who we follow is going to determine our worldview yeah and so with anyone or anything that we we consume um mm-hmm. we have to ask ourselves like how does what they create so like with these ones these are musicians yeah. but this may also be in terms of actors and movies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe books as well but how is this content or how are these people that i want to follow how is it affecting um 
how I believe the call as believers, the call to follow Jesus in the holiness of marriage. Mm. What scripture says about the holiness of marriage. So is the content that they're creating um, contradicting that? Is it contradicting the call to flee from sexual immorality, to preserve ourselves from drunkenness, to use wholesome speech that edifies and builds other people up? Mm. Um, How does it does it promote and glorify debauchery and wild parties or not honoring God with our bodies as a temple of God mm. or not loving money or loving our neighbors? So just basically like who we follow is going to help build this worldview. But then also the idea of can I follow both? Like can I have one foot um, loving this thing and following this thing and also follow Jesus at the same time? Yeah. Um, we see so much in scripture, how many times like the people, like God's holy people, the Israelites, how many times they stumbled and fell because they they had dual allegiance. Mm. And we see an example of that even in First Kings 11, mm. when it says that Solomon's love for his wife. So Solomon acquired um, these diff- wives from different tribes and people yeah. who are like neighboring people were not God's people. Yeah. Um, and it says that his love for his wives became stronger than his love for God. Mm. And in the end of it, he built altars for the gods of his wife to satisfy them. Yeah. And and the other example that really stands out to me is with Ruth and Naomi. Mm-hmm. When, when Ruth says, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And it's so significant by the time, like you're saying, your God will be my God. If you're yeah. thinking about, for example, Drake. Yeah. And, and recognizing that, man, if I'm choosing to follow this person, yeah. then where are they leading me to? And is it a way that leads to life? Um, am I, That means like Drake's people become my people. Yeah. What he's sharing out there is becoming like what's part of my life. Who he, whoever he worships, if mm. it's money, if it's sex, if it's um whatever it is Mm -hmm. then that becomes a god in my life that contests with our our god god our creator very very true Tune in next week for the conclusion of our two-part discussion with Maria around her book, The Faithful Follower. Until then, we can discuss on the socials. You can find us at Nawi Bloom on Instagram. See you. Bye.